Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by El Fakador Laurie Blake. Hey, mate. How's hey it, man, how's, how's it, going? it going? Yeah, how's it going? How's it going, man? Double podcast with you this yeah, week, yeah, man, because um, Ollie is missing. So um, MIA, MIA. So yeah, man, how's it been? Yeah, it's been good. How's you? What's your weekend plans? Oh, you got nothing on, have you? Got nothing on. Might no. go to this Hornemann Museum, as I said yesterday, yep. to see the fat walrus. Uh, and <laughs> that's about it, really. Yeah. I might go for some drinks. You met a baby yesterday. Met a baby. Yeah, so, so met my friends. Three month old, two month old baby. Aww. Uh didn't like me. No, why not? I think babies don't like people. To ask, with, people, yeah. I think babies don't like people with beards, really. So, yeah. like, she was fine for about ten seconds when I held her, and then she was like, <laughs> "I am cross," <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." You can go back to where you came from. I was going to say, I'm surprised because when I spoke to you about this on Monday, you were like, no, I'm not holding the child. Yeah, I'm not well, holding I sort of got foi- like she got voice it. She got voices <laughs> on me, and yeah, yeah. So it was one of those things where it was like, well, you either take the baby or someone else is dropping it. <laughs> so I was like, okay. That's uh, cool, man. Um, yeah, I, I got back quite late from work last night. So mm. my wife and I were just like, yeah, let's have some dinner, MasterChef, and go to bed. Mm. Very much. I think my overall day. experience oh, we... last night was quite traumatic because we met this baby uh, and then the baby cried at me. And then we watched the Michael Jackson documentary, <laughs> which was... Rough watching. Yeah, and I thought it was shorter. <laughs> so I was it? like, well, it's like it's an hour and a half, and there's two parts. So there's only watch the first part, and then the second part's I think next week. But yeah, hour and a half, and it starts quite like here's a nice story about some dancing kids, and then they meet Michael Jackson, and there's still a bit of reverence, and then mm, things, and then things yeah. go dark for, yeah. for a good Oof. fifty minutes oh, man. of just like graphic storytelling, and it's. Yeah, I've heard it's unrelenting. It I've, I've, got, unrelenting. I've got it recorded. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try and watch it soon. Um, but uh, on, on a slightly lighter note, yes. um, and I have a slight little plug for me. So the reason, one of the reasons I was late last night is because I was guesting on a podcast. What? I uh, was a guest on the Married Marks podcast, which is a podcast you should definitely check out. They're very, very cool people. Uh, we were just chatting stuff about wrestling, uh, sexism within wrestling, racism within wrestling, and things like that. It was all big topics. Mm. Um, but it's a good fun list to add a, a really fun time on there. So go check out the Married Marks. A lot uh, of ism. Yes, exactly. So, uh, yeah, because I had a good fun on there and i might be doing more episodes with them at some point so check those out uh we've got a rusev hey in here uh from he calls himself the wild wolf mm. dear wrestle talk crew i hope this email finds you well i'm writing in with my own rusev hey something i thought i would never do but i attended my first nxt live event over the weekend shock and surprise it was a great show and i had a great time my father and i arrived at the venue early and we noticed a group of people gathered around nxt um uh, gathered around my father told me that's probably where the wrestlers get into the venue so we decided to check it out sure enough a bus pulled up and a bunch of nxt superstars got out i was awestruck i stood there awkwardly and silently as they got their bags and headed inside even when adam cole was standing a foot away from me i stood there and said nothing but he did have headphones in so i figured i didn't want he didn't want to be talked to 
Uh, needless to say, the show was awesome. Johnny Gargano and Ono had the match of the night. Not surprising when you put those two in the ring together. Punishment Martinez and Dominic, whatever his last name is, had a really good match. I was also blessed to bask in the glory of Keith Lee for the first time, but he ended up losing to Roderick Strong, so we can skip over that part. At the end of the show, a bunch of baby faces beat down the Undisputed Era. Alistair Black and Ricochet delivered a goodbye address to the NXT Universe, saying this would probably be their last NXT live show. But then we got to sing happy birthday to Row of the Raw uh, War Raiders. At the end of the show, we gathered around the bus waiting for them to make their way to said bus I was able to get a picture with Alistair and Johnny I wasn't able to get a picture with Keith Lee but I yelled support wrestle talk at him and he just slowly turned around and said as well Luke and Ollie uh, as well Luke and Ollie and that fake door guy I guess too he's so cool anyway it was a great time and one of the best nights of my life thank you for taking the time to read this email with much love the wild wolf Keith Lee's Keith great Lee. Keith Lee's so cool although I'm afraid wild wolf there are no pictures attached to this email and the rule of thumb on this show is picks or it didn't happen what a liar (laughs) unfortunately we are going to claim you've been moved into the lie category (laughs) that is Uh, Rusev Balderdash (laughs) never going to come up with a rhyme because you've lied about it no I'm sure you had a uh, a very very good time Hogswash Hogswash uh, so yeah, if you do have those pictures, send them across because that would be very cool. And thanks for giving us a shout out to uh, to Mr. Keith Lee. What a wonderful, wonderful chap he is. Let's crack on with the show. We're going to be talking about this little Ronda Rousey promo that she cut on her Ronda on the Road YouTube whatever. Oh, uh, I went in so slow motion there. So good at talking. Yeah. I'm just the best at talking. As good as Ronda Rousey. <laughs> oh, <laughs> bless her heart. Um, so yeah, and we're going to crack on with the show. Mailbag, crap gimmicks, and then when we come back. fact. Here is the show. We did want to talk about this Ronda Rousey promo. So if you're not aware, we we covered this in the news yesterday, but Ronda has a weekly vlog that she does Mm -hmm. on YouTube called Ronda on the Road, where she essentially just sort of, you know, chronicles her time in WWE and her sort of traveling from city to city doing bits and bobs, wrestling and, and whatnot. Getting her makeup done. Exactly. Getting her makeup taken off. Yes. You know, things like that. Like, uh, I, I last, it was just before Elimination Chamber, she revealed in that that she was going to be dressing as Sonya Blade mm-hmm. from Mortal Kombat 11 for the show, because uh, for Elimination Chamber, because she's playing her in the new game. Little bits and pieces like that. But this one, kind of like, I woke up this morning, I was a bit concerned that there wasn't going to be enough news, mm. because it had been a bit of a slow news day. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, my, my Twitter timeline was kind of filled with a lot of people talking about this video, mm. and Ronda's very choice words that she had about WWE and about she its was fans. She was effing and blinding. She was effing she? and jeffing all over the show. There was no stopping her. And a lot of people appear to believe this is a shoot promo. Mm. It's not a it's not a work. It's Ronda airing her grievances and being very, very pissed off mm-hmm. and annoyed at the company, at the fans, and about the way that she's been portrayed and this, that, and the other. So I I mean someone said to me on Twitter, it was like, I think she's worked herself into a shoot. Now mm. me, on the other hand, I would argue she's worked herself into uh, more of a work. Yeah, she's, I, she's working. Yes. I. Th- for me, this is 100% work, yeah. right? Well this, is the, well, this is the thing, isn't it? So, like, there was, there was all this talk back when the feud was sort of raging on, like, when it really started to hot up on Twitter, that Ronda was annoyed at what was actually happening on Twitter between her and Becky because Becky is much better at Twitter. Mm. So, I don't think, like, I don't think in, in the grand scheme of the promos on the on the shows, Ronda's come off like fantastically badly. Like she's obviously not amazing in long form promo. She's obviously got uh, a Fraxius, something like that. Something uh, like yeah. that. I, I won't try and that. say say that I yeah, know what which, it's called. You shouldn't make it the hardest thing to say when it makes it things difficult to say. <laughs> but uh, like, yeah, uh, it, she's obviously got like issues around talking for long periods of time mm. in that way and being and stuttering and stumbling over your words and stuff. So putting her in that position doesn't necessarily work. So she comes off badly against Becky just for that sheer fact alone. However, I don't think she's come off that badly in the promos on the actual programming. However, on Twitter, mm. she pales in comparison to the stuff that Becky comes out with. She's got some quite good lines from the feud I've seen, like Ginger Crutch Ninja, yeah. brilliant line but only gingers can call other ginger ginger. That is the rule. Mm-hmm. 
But Becky is obviously some Twitter savant who's yes. able to just like craft perfect little torpedoes of just like here we go she's very quick-witted yes yeah and like the the reports are like dave Meltzer was talking about this like the 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 twitter stuff last week was all by design yes it's all wwe's work they're signing off on what they're doing on social media because what they want is they want this feud to feel real yes Meltzer compared it to the uh lawrence taylor bam bam bigelow match from wrestlemania 9 Mm -hmm. where they had bam bam go out and say hey by the way Wrestling's fake, but when I fight Lawrence Taylor at WrestleMania 9, that's going to be a real fight. Yes, yeah. It's, you know, like what Triple H is doing on Raw, where he's addressing Batista being like, when you look into my eyes, you're not going to look into the eyes of a character. You look into the eyes of a man. Mm. This stuff, this fight that we're going to have at WrestleMania is real. I like the fact he avoided saying, you look into the eyes of Paul <laughs> on that one. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Paul. Um, whereas all this other stuff over here, that's all fake. Mm. And it does, it treads this really like, odd line i don't like it i'm not massively keen on it like i don't think i didn't really like ronda last week going like becky rambar's fake it doesn't make sense like Mm. that it doesn't hurt to be put in it because then when ronda has to sell that move at mania then she looks dumb yeah i think you need yeah it's very care you have to very carefully say which bits are fake which bits are real like we should be doing like it's you know, it's fake in the sense that we're coming out here and we're being told to say this, we're being told to say that. There isn't. There should just be an element of this that should more just lean heavily on Ronda's credentials mm-hmm. rather than devaluing the credentials of everyone else who's doing the thing that we're all watching. That's like, it, yeah. That would make more sense to be like, I am a legitimate fighter. I have won all these things outside of this. I am the baddest woman on the planet. And then that that just works with the slightly you know the heel turned persona. That yeah. you don't need to be like the heel isn't doesn't have to be like wrestling is fake. Like, oh, by the way, this is all that's fake. The, the ultimate heel <laughs> turn would just be like wrestling is fake. I'm no longer taking part. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that's kind of it's weird that that's what our character appears to be. So I've I've got like a transcript of the video. If you've not mm. seen it, I've got I'm not going to use some of the uh, her choice words uh, in there, but she's. Uh, Essentially says, I'm tired of uh, being here just to entertain people. I'm not taking direction or notes or orders. Every time I go out there, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. She talks about how, what are they going to do? Stop filming me? Like, mm. And I like that aspect of it. Of like, oh, I don't care anymore. Like, you know, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not keen on her saying like, I don't want to take notes for my script. But I don't mind her saying like, oh, I'm just going to go, what are they going to do? Stop filming me? I'm making them loads of money. They're not yeah. going to turn away the money it, that I make them. But it also makes sense to be like, I'm not going to do the scripted stuff if it's like your appearances on Good Morning America. <laughs> you're uh, like, we're doing this video to promote WrestleMania. Like if she just stops doing all of that like promo work yeah. that WWE does outside of the actual, you know, the the kayfabe fighting yes like that would work really well Absolutely, if she was like i'm yeah. not playing the company game anymore i'm no yeah. longer gonna be brand ambassador ronda rousey i am just kick you in the head ronda rousey yeah and uh, she went on to talk about the because the way that this is filmed and structured is that like she's being filmed and, and someone's talking to her off camera mm-hmm. like while people are like combing her hair and like yeah taking I, like, her makeup I really off. like this is, you're showing a really like uh Oh, he's doing a you're, wonderful you're, job on you're it. You're showing a, ba- a badass edge to your character. <laughs> yeah, I am actually. Yeah. <laughs> she well, she like, takes off her eyeliner. Well, she's queer like... eyes behind her. Like, making her over. But, um, but she gets asked about the promo that she cut. And, like, you know, this is a more vicious side mm-hmm. to you. And she said, it wasn't a promo. They gave me other things to say. I didn't effing say it. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm going out there and doing whatever the hell I want. And they can explain it however they want. But effing everybody, WWE Universe included. I meant that, that uh, I'm going to disrespect the sport they all love so much oh don't break kayfabe ronda wrestling is scripted it's made up it's not real none of those bitches can effing touch me the end i mean it's pretty cool it was the best promo of ronda's career like in wwe so far it was the best promo she's ever cut Mm. like she wasn't falling over her words no because it's just coming from her heart this is all just like i need to i want to get from point a to point b and this is the route i'm taking as opposed to I need to get to route A to B, but I've been handed things to say that I now need to learn and memorize and rehearse mm. and say over and over again so that I don't trip over my words when I go out in front of a live crowd. Bullet points is the... Uh... Yeah, this was just a camera was on, cut a promo, and she cut a promo, and it was a great promo. Yeah. You couldn't air it on TV because it's full of Fs and Jeffs, but <laughs> hey, man, like people want more realism from wrestling. Mm. It's this really weird... Funnily enough, pointing out the fakery of it. Well, yeah, quite. <laughs> yeah. Like That's the problem with this promo, and that's why mm. I don't 
so it's like the best promo she's ever cut, but I don't like some of the content mm. of it. Like, don't come out and say wrestling is scripted. It's not real. Yeah. Because it makes you look like a dunderhead when you go out there and get pinned in a fake wrestling match. Mm. Or like you tap out to a fake wrestling match. Which move. means you're playing along, doesn't yeah. it? That's the problem. It's like every now, every time Ronda gets tapped, when Ronda does eventually get tapped out or she ever gets pinned, everyone just goes, oh, you decide to play along then. Yeah, you're finally like, playing along now. Are you? you know. You're playing along with this fake game of ours. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like when you were a kid and you're like playing cops and robbers in the back, like in your back garden, yeah. like not at any point did you all stop and be like, I mean, by the way, we're not cops. We're not yeah. actually cops. You're not actually robbers. Unless we're the all fin- just un- making yeah, this up. But unless the finish is, you know, in this Mania match, Ronda actually just gets knocked out. Mm. Like they actually just leather her with a ch- like. We, this yeah. is the the first unprotected chair shot for however long. Oh, we just I leather really don't her. Need that. Yeah, I know, but, but yeah, like, yeah. but something to that degree where she's like, it's actually just like, oh, she's unconscious. Yeah, you know, and it's not a, you know, it doesn't seem like it's actually part of the the overall scripted storyline of this fight. Yeah. So I almost bought into it. Did you see the WWE.com exclusive clip from after Raw where she beat down Becky and her music's playing, she's walking up the ramp and she goes back to the ring to start wailing on Becky again and they're dragging her off. But Becky is like flinging her legs out like she's mm. actually been decked a few times there. Yeah, That bit was making me go like, did she actually like? And I think that's what they she, want you to yeah. to have. Like you see the clips, like because in this video, uh, in this Ronda video, they've got like sort of almost fan cam footage that mm. her like you know entourage is filming. Probably the you know the person combing her hair or whatever. Like he's fi- like filming this from the stands. The th- like the punches that Ronda is laying in to Becky, and the story is that all three of them, their whole like their plan around this this three way feud has been like let's not hold anything back. Mm-hmm. If you're going to punch me punch me yeah like make this look as physical as possible when becky was laying them out with the crutch at elimination chamber the the three of them said backstage lay these crutch shots in like yeah and ronda's whole deal at survivor series was like i want the welts i want the bruises from the kendo stick shots yeah so lay them in like let's make this look as real as possible yeah but then that goes like so that's great but that thing goes against when you come out and go like it is scripted it is fake don't say that bit. Like, do all of this. This bit's great over yeah. here. But saying that it's scripted and nonsense, like, just completely undermines all of that. Well, it'd be interesting to see if then the counter... It'd be interesting to see what the counterpoint is here, whether this this Mania match becomes a hardcore kind of event in which weapons are allowed and people do actually hit each other. And they're like, well, you know, because she's saying it's all scripted and fake, but then she's showing off the bruises in the same video. So, yeah. like, there is a there is potential here that Charlotte and Becky go, okay, well, we'll drop all the wrestling stuff mm. and we'll just fight you. We'll just fight. That I, would be cool. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really, really weird thing. It, it's this bizarre worked shoot yeah. that... Like, let's be honest, these things have never worked. Like, mm. for the last... 20 years since Vinnie Rue decided that this was a great idea in back in the WCW and WWF days doing work shoots. Mm. It's never led to anything good, really. Like, it's never made money. Like, that's the one thing that wrestling experts have always said about work shoots. They never make money. No. Because wrestling fans don't like them because it exposes the the sport that we like is fake when we know it is we don't want to be told it is it's so suspension of disbelief it's, exactly it's suspension of disbelief so we don't want people saying they're going like oh by the way what you're watching is fake and you're an idiot for watching it well it's the wrong sort of meta isn't it it'd be yeah. like if they were like uh you're a wizard harry yeah <laughs> but that doesn't mean anything because wizards aren't real yeah by the way this is a book <laughs> <laughs> you're reading <laughs> but like like when so when vince russo in like his like in the dying days of wcw was having tony Schiavone going like vince russo is done it again goldberg's gone against the script he's gone against the format in front mm. of us we've got people backstage going like oh are you going over now i don't know i was told i'm going over like it doesn't like that doesn't make anything look good it makes no. it all look a bit ramshackled and rinky dink well i think uh, yeah i think the kind of the kind of reviews we always give of the shows here is we always say like you buy into the story. Like the reason we always rave about Champa and Gargano in NXT on the NXT podcast is because it's a story. Yeah. We know they're best friends. They're still like, friends. They're great friends. <laughs> like they've their careers have sort of yeah. they're on the same path. They're gonna be friends forever. They were at each other's, you know, he was yeah. at Johnny's wedding. It's fine, it's but fine. the story yeah. is really good. And as long as you just go, like, you know, uh, 
one of my mates this week we were talking about and he's like, I just can't get over the the fact that it's scripted and fake. And I was like, you just you just forget that. You just yeah. go, they're actors doing a thing and it doesn't I'm not watching it going who will win? What will happen? Like most of the time I'm watching it knowing already what happens because <laughs> I've had to read the spoilers for the news. Yeah. So like I'm sitting there going, well, I already know the finish, but I can't wait to see how we get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't think that, like, I don't think there's anyone sitting there backstage going like, I bet you Daniel Bryan and Kofi really hate each other backstage. Like, mm. no, they're probably like best mates. They're probably mm. hanging out after the shows and everything. But it's fine. Yeah. I don't There'll think... be an up, up, down, down in two oh, weeks. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Like, Daniel Bryan is not like the character that he portrays on TV. Mm. Kofi most likely is. But they're friendly backstage. Mm. But it's fine because we suspend our disbelief. I, I, there are certain aspects of this view that I really like. Yes. I like the, the sort of the, this realism that they're trying to attach to it of this like really laying in shots, making this feel very personal. Yeah. I think some of the stuff they've done on Twitter has actually been very, very good. Yeah. All the stuff that WWE have signed off on doing has been very, very good in making people believe that these two genuinely hate each other. Yeah. That's great. Like that's so good. Yeah. But then to turn around and be like, Oh, yeah, but it's all fake. Well, this is this is the problem. This is an yet, but this is yet another layer in an already monstrously <laughs> convoluted feud. Yeah. Like we didn't need this as well. Like yeah. the heel turn, you could we could have just done. Like Becky keeps coming after Ronda. She winds her up on Twitter. Charlotte gets in the way of that sort of match. Out. Well, Becky gets injured. Then it gets pushed back to WrestleMania. There's a lot of build. Becky winds Ronda up to the point that she snaps and there's a heel turn. Instead, we've had, you're suspended, you're reinstated, I'm leaving this belt here, you're, I want the yeah, belt back. You're arrested. There's going to yeah, be yeah. a match. And blah, blah, like, it's just, they've made it, rather than just do a really long build for one match, they've done a really, like, just, they just keep diverting the build away from actually just going, the match is happening. Yeah. Which is, and also just because they couldn't make their minds up. So now we're now in this stage where Ronda's like, to, again, because... There's what three weeks to Mania now from four, after, four weeks, weeks yeah, yeah from yeah. after this. So like, there's four weeks left. Can we not just finally build this match as a thing people <laughs> want to see? Like, I don't, I don't understand why we're still yeah. doing things like it's all fake anyway. So when the match actually happens, it won't even matter. And I feel like now. Come this Sunday, we're not getting a finish to that Charlotte Becky match. No. I think it's going to be a no contest because yeah. I think Ronda's playing this character now. Where, oh, oh, is she playing a character? Is it all oh, whatever? But like, she's being Ronda Rousey. <laughs> like, she's Ronda I, Rousey I like is she, both a name of a character and a person <laughs> yeah. at this point. Though, she's going to come out and like you know wreak havoc. She's going to Brock Lesnar the situation that they did mm -hmm. with Roman and and Braun at Hell in a Cell last year. Like where you just come out, and you just lay both people out, and mm -hmm. there's no decision made, and maybe that's how we get to the triple threat. Because yeah. Ronda appears to be playing this role of like, well, they can't stop me anymore. Yeah, and so yeah, I, so I mean, it's a work, one hundred percent. This like this video would not have been released without WWE's blessing. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're not happy with the language of what WrestleVotes are reporting that they don't like some of the language that's being used. But this is all this is all by design. That's because they only ever sign off on one bitch, and that's that's <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's They're it. Like, they got yeah, away with that. You get one. one B word, and that is it. <laughs> you can say whatever the hell you want. <laughs> like so, WWE are signing off on all of this. They, mm -hmm. This is the direction they all want to go. Like like the reports are. This is all by design. This is the direction they wanted to go, and they think it's working. Mm. So it is a work. There are just some aspects of it that I'm not massively keen on. Yeah, I just, I, I, I just don't think you should devalue the actual contest aspect of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That's the bit we should try and make feel real. Like That's the yeah. bit where we actually have to suspend our disbelief and telling us not to makes it seem like, what's the point in watching? What's the point? Why should I get invested in Brian yeah. versus Kofi? Why should I get invested in Kofi's 11-year journey well, to you... winning the WWE Championship if it's fake anyway? Well, that's the problem, is because it, it also devalues what everyone else is doing. That's like it's, it, not yeah. just, it's not just Becky and Charlotte are pretending. Everyone's Everyone, pretending, yeah. so yeah. They're, they're all here just yeah. pretending. Yeah, here we are, we're all actors, just mere actors on a stage. Yeah, so When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If you're wondering to yourself, what the heck is a crap gimmick? Well, that's a segment we do here each and every Saturday on the Wrestle Ramble. I'm more or less going through that. Uh, where you, the Swap Nation, send in to us your crap gimmicks. And then uh, we, the bookers of crap gimmick wrestling, decide whether we want to sign them or not. It's here each and every Saturday. That's where I tend to slip up and down. Mm. Um, if you want to email them in, it's luke at wrestletalk.com. That's luke at wrestletalk.com. One more time, luke at wrestletalk.com. We're picking them up more or less at random now because we've got so many of them. I, and I don't <laughs> want to, like, people are sending them. We're doing a tombola. More, more or less feels like yeah. that at the moment. Yeah. I mean, if you sent yours back in August, which is where we currently, like, my backlogs starts mm. August 14th then yours will get read out first but I'm just sort of like cherry picking random ones from the other months because like someone emailed in in November saying like oh I look forward to having this read out in a year's time yeah <laughs> like, yeah more or less in fact we might even get to you now smart ass anyway <laughs> uh, James emailed in on August 14th uh, he suggests a tag team uh, possibly a tag team it's Ace Reporter with the junior editor entering the arena to music reminiscent of the opening of a nightly news broadcast ace reporter comes to the ring with his copy boy known as the junior editor he is a smaller and less experienced wrestler tasked with documenting ace reporters interviews during the match ace will be asking his opponents and yelling questions out to the audience whenever he gets an answer he yells back to junior editor jot that down when it's time to finish an opponent, Ace will yell out his catchphrase, the press never sleeps, before locking in his finisher known as the end quote, which is a standing sleeper hold that allows Ace to ask his opponent a final few questions before they lose consciousness. After the match, Ace reporter will interview himself to get highlights of how well he performed. He will sometimes also interview his opponents after the match if he feels it's front page material. If Ace wins the match, he will take the high road and ask fair questions before shaking his opponent's hand and thanking him for their time. If Ace loses, however, his interview will be more scathing side, accusing his opponent of cheating and being a low moral fiber. The junior editor, of course, is jotting all this down for a future article. This was an older character I came up but never sent you away. I wanted to shorten it and make it a bit easier to read. If I accomplish anything, neither of those things, I do apologize. Yada, 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 consistent. James J. Dillon, who's one of our pledge hammers. Thank you very much, James, for sending that in. I like Ace Report. I like it. Yeah, some good stuff. It, it's uh, it's got Kevin Owen vibes. Like it's got that. It's got the uh, sleeper hole, yeah. king of sleeper holds, king of headlocks kind of. Oh, but yeah. then plus questions. <laughs> I always like the. Um, uh, there was a Kevin Owens. I'm pretty sure this was in NXT, and he had a match with uh, Finn Balor, mm. and he got Finn Balor in a headlock, like you know, doing his patented rest hold spot. But always asking if they want to submit. Yeah. They'd be like, ask him, ask him. And they'd be like, he says oh, he no. Kept, he kept asking. Yeah, yeah ask him. No. But ask go, him again. Ask You're him. not listening. Yeah, no, no. Ask him in Irish. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I quite like, I think there's some really good stuff to be mined from the Ace Reporter, interviewing people as he's mm. doing a match with them, especially if you keep them mic'd up like Elias, like Elias oh, is. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be, there's some good stuff to be mined from there. So good work there, James. Uh, Vimtrix sends in. Um, uh, Tim Traveller. Now, Tim Traveller is an interesting one because we've got another gimmick that's slightly similar to it very shortly. 
but a little tease for you there. Tim Traveller is a wrestler who believes he can travel through time and that he is there to change the future of crap gimmick wrestling. His promos are very ominous, stating that if certain events occur, such as a wrestler winning or losing, then CG Dub will be destroyed. This, of course, means that Tim can play either a face trying to save CG Dub from destruction or as a heel who is trying to end CG Dub from taking over the world. Um... Yeah, his move uh, set includes the Time Stomp, similar to Sister Abigail, where he sets up an opponent for his finisher by holding them in one spot only for a few seconds before delivering Future Shock, since Drew isn't using it anymore. Thanks for taking the time to read my suggestion. Keep up the good work. So yeah, so Tim Traveller believes he is a time traveller. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read uh, this one now. Okay. Um, where are we? Uh, okay, yes, yeah, so this comes in from MJ Coach on October 14th. Uh, he says, Hi guys, recently started backing on Patreon and thought at the rate Luke gets through these, it'd be nice to see a one year anniversary shout out. <laughs> well, yuck, yuck, yuck. It's only been four I'm months. I'm reading it nearly five <laughs> months later, actually. <laughs> uh, he suggests Jack to the Future mm -hmm. already. Onto a bit of a winner. Good, Good name. name. Good name, mate. You could have new Jack to the Future. <laughs> Jack the Job to the Future. Anyway, Jack to the Future are a tag team of Jack Morlock and Jack Morlock. Ooh. One of them is present-day Jack Morlock, and his partner is Jack Morlock from the future. I love it. Future Jack knows all of the moves that are going to happen and shouts instructions to present-day Jack. This puts them in a great position to win most matches as long as present-day Jack can react or counter the coming move. The problem, Jack to the future can never actually tag in or out as physical contact will cause a rip in the space-time continuum that would lead to the destruction of one of them. Occasionally, Future Jack gets taken out and needs medical attention backstage, only for another Future Jack to emerge from the crowd and take the place of the injured Future Jack at ringside. For their finishing move, they deliver the new most electrifying move in sports entertainment, and illegal Future Jack raises the opponent in an electric chair position while present-day Jack delivers a flying clothesline from the top turnbuckle, known as the well, 1.21 gigawatts. If you manage to book them as babyfaces, the eventual tag team split could be the biggest babyface move of all time, the hot tag that ends one of their existence. Wow. That is great. It's like Bio Jack Infinite. Oh, that Spoiler. is great stuff there. He calls himself O to the B. So that is brilliant. O to the B, congrats, man. That is a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful tag team. Great one. Yeah, I can especially if especially if you actually go a little bit full back to the future, because I imagine old Jack or future Jack if he's got sort of manic Doc Brown vibes <laughs> yeah. as well. Look out, Jack! It's... Yeah. Or like, even it's just, like you'd cast twins yes. to play the role, but you put one of them in sort of like slightly older makeup. Oh, yeah. So then he just looks like an older version. As long as he doesn't look like Johnny Knoxville's grandpa. <laughs> right. I mean, for me, th there's no question. It's Jack to the Future, right? Jack to the Future. Jack to the Future. And if you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you have to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers over on Patreon and leave a comment in our community section where I will pick them up and I will put them into a document and then I will read them out on this show and then we will answer them. It's as simple as that, really. <laughs> Almost didn't need instructions. <laughs> uh, Alex Allen asks, Hi, Ollie, Luke and Laurie, but not so much Sir Randy. I was a big Wade Barrett fan and even loved his King Barrett gimmick. Oh, you were that guy. Uh, but to this day, never got why... Uh, uh, when he was turning up for the bull hammer, why he would flip his black elbow pad round to the red side. Is that a play on the word bull, like the red flags they use for that particular sport? I would love to know. Thanks for all you do in the SWAP Nation, and I'll be writing to you guys again soon. See, yeah, so the I bull have no idea. Yeah, well, so yeah, he used to have a black elbow pad, then he would turn it off, turn it inside out, and put it back on again, but this time it was red. And he would mm. go, Ooh, and then hit them with the Maybe elbow. Maybe it was a bull thing, yeah. Maybe it was a bull thing. I always just thought, like, it is red, it hurts more. Yeah, uh, but I, I always find, like, the exposing your knees and stuff a bit, like, silly. I yeah. don't know, I've always just found it a bit more like, uh, I'm just not sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. like when, when people do it and, like, like Adam Cole does it for the last shot, or yeah. uh, Ty Dillinger used to do it for the tiebreaker. But it was it was just that sort of. It just looks a bit dumb when your knee pad is like in the wrong yeah, place. Yeah, it's all and just like, like crumpled. Taking your elbow pad off and turning it inside out. It's not yeah. like it's not as cool as the Rock doing his and like flinging it into the crowd. Is That's it? it. I think it's it's trying to add something to your finishing move. Like it's, mm. it's really fascinating to go back and watch AJ when he first joined WWE and mm. him like 
realizing that, oh, okay, Phenomenal Forearm is going to be my new finish. Yeah. And him then trying to work out, how am I going to signal to the crowd <clears throat> that this is a move I'm going yes. to do? Yeah. And, and there was a period where he used to, like, elbow the rope. Like, mm. he would stand on the, the apron and he would, like, elbow the rope in, like, you know, a rhythmic pattern, hopefully to get the crowd to start clapping along, I guess. Mm. And then he would do the move. So I guess it's kind of along those lines. He just thought that when I take this off, people will know that I'm going to do the elbow. And that's where they'll go, oh, no, it's the oh, elbow. Oh, the ball hammer. Oh, the ball hammer. So it could have been that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably that. Magnus asked, uh, what do you guys think of the way Ronda and Becky are tweeting each other to continue and build this feud? Um, I mean, it's essentially what we were talking about at the, the start of this show. I'd like some aspects of it, but I'd rather she don't call things fake. Mm. Yeah. I love the Twitter war. I think the Twitter war is great. And it's, uh, I love it. I love how it's progressed recently into photoshopping. That's, <laughs> I like the fact that they're going through, like, they'll be on TikTok by the end of the month. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, Jonathan Hedman asks uh, it's more of a statement really I just heard Weezer's Black Album what are your thoughts mine is sad emoji um, I did ask Ollie before he disappeared what he thought because this is more of a question for Ollie really he is mm. the number one Weezer fan number one disappointed Weezer fan um, and uh, how long has he been that well, way for like all Weezer since fans Green Album well since, <laughs> since Blue Album mate. Yeah. Like, we're, we're like mid 90s Weezer fans yeah. so like you go all the way back you're like the Blue Album is like it's music perfection. Oh, it's great. It is like the, one of the best albums I've ever heard. It's 10 tracks of just musical perfection. And they've never reached that level again. Pinkerton, apart from that. You know, they've mm. never really reached it again. And it's just every new album. Beverly there's, there's like, oh, Beverly Hills, that's a really good track. Oh, the rest of the album's really bad. Oh, Pork and Beans is quite good. Oh, the rest of the album's really <laughs> bad. And then they released the Teal album, which is just nothing but covers. Boring covers, nonetheless. But the whole point of that was like, oh, you're going to get the Black album soon, though. Mm. So I've listened to it. Rivers Kuono. I've listened oh, to it. No. I can't tell you a single thing about it. Like mm. as soon as it finished, I'd forgotten that I'd listened to it. Oh. Uh, Ollie has only listened to the first track, and he was like, "I'm not doing this to myself." Yeah. He, he doesn't want to hurt himself any further. So that is essentially his review of the Black Album. He doesn't want to hurt anymore. So he's not. He's not <laughs> even listening to it. It's funny enough, we actually listened to it on a, a Patreon personalized video mm. that we do for our hundred dollar backers. So they got to see like a live reaction of him listening to that song and seeing like the disappointment just creep onto just his face. Just wash over his and, uh, face. And I was like, oh, this is sad to watch. Maybe it's a eulogy for Weezer. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, the black was a choice. <laughs> Dwayne asks, uh, "This is an adjustment from my question two weeks ago uh, with the botched NXT call-ups. <clears throat> How would you both make any two of the most recent?" call-ups starting from say 2017 now better so essentially asking like two nxt call-ups how would you make them better step one storylines yeah don't introduce them all at once yep. bring up uh, so i would have brought up alistair black alone no with no other nxt call-ups around him mm. i've just done alistair black is an nxt call-up he is here he is starting a storyline now with but i don't know Say he op he answers an open challenge or something like that. He comes through and he starts black massing people, eventually building up to a big match where he's going for a title or something like that. You should they should have just strapped a rocket to him, debuted him, yeah. and made him uh, U.S. champion. Right. They had yeah. nothing else to do with that belt anyway. They clearly have no idea. Yep. Like have him just turn up, kick Shinsuke Nakamura's head off in my imaginary Shinsuke Nakamura still the U.S. champion yeah, world, yep. and just win the title. Perfect. Like, yep. Like I just think if if you're gonna do anything with some of these guys, like the star power that they could bring if you just took a chance on them. Like the Revival should have walked in to WWE and just gone, we're going to run the tag division now and done that. Yeah. And that should have just been it. Like they, The injuries really suffered. Like yeah, they really hurt yeah, their run. But, yeah. yeah, but all that stuff is like, if you just go, these are the new guys, everyone's on notice. People pay attention. You suddenly make new stars because like the Revival would have been the perfect tag team to completely disrupt the, the status quo of tag team wrestling in on Raw especially. Like. Yeah, and it's, I, I feel like we're a bit of a, I'm a bit of a broken record at times when we're talking about this, but like I don't buy into this idea of debuting 10 NXT guys and girls mm. within the space of two months. No. Like that's that's 10 new people to get behind. Yeah. Um, but you I, have no, they have no stories for any of them. Like that's, well, that's it. They're, they're just, just all here. They're just there. Like yeah. what's Lacey, what's EC3 done? What's Nikki Cross done since yeah. coming up? Like you can't do, you can't dedicate all of this TV time to 10 new people mm. along with the other 30 or 40 people that you've got per show. And, and make it seem coherent. Mm. Uh, when I was interviewing um, Stephen D'Souza for my book, a little mm -hmm. cheap plug there, 
Um, Always. He was talking about when he was writing Street Fighter and yep. the argument that he presented to Capcom was that, that I'm not going to do every character from the Street Fighter series because there's too many. Yeah. You're, the human brain can only hold seven characters in their mind. That's why there's seven dwarfs. That's why there's seven wonders of the world. He like lists off all these seven things. Seven dwarfs, but you forget Snow White. <laughs> well, he's like, yeah, it's like there's seven dwarfs. But like he goes, and even if you ask someone to name seven dwarfs, they'll always forget one of them because it's it is and he always there's always one that everyone forgets so he, he didn't want to introduce all of these characters mm. but capcom essentially would get the script and be like oh, actually can we make this person this character can we make this person this character before he knew it he did have every character from the game in there with the exception of fei long because he was like he's a bruce lee ripoff no <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I, I think it's kind of the same thing here when you're introducing 10 people all at once mm. eventually some of them are going to fall by the wayside like nikki cross like, like 90 percent of them well yeah like what's nikki like nikki cross got beat by um ruby Riot. it did nothing for ruby Riot, and it did even less for nikki cross mm. so like she and she hasn't been seen since nikki cross should have taken over the riot squad like yeah she yeah. should have done something yeah <laughs> that, this is just i think this is the thing isn't it it's like just having a minor storyline for someone coming in just something for them to do that isn't walking down to the ring to have a look lacey evans like just something to do makes it seem like they're actually worth bringing up because otherwise it's just like oh you're just doing a thing where you show us something new yeah and we'll forget about it yeah uh andy asks um it's another question for ollie curious to get ollie's thoughts on the fact they didn't have any jerry lawler commentary on the tory wilson hall of fame video package he says disappointed much i don't think he was mm. Mm. Uh, Lita asks, uh, with Nyla Rose signing for AEW, how long do you think until WWE signs an openly transgender wrestler? Will they take them seriously or just an updated gold dust gay panic? Now, I'm glad that we're recording this now because uh, in the Observer, let me just quickly uh, get this up. Googling live on it. I am Googling things slightly live on it. Yes. So, um, they're doing this new show. WWE are doing this new show. They, they've updated the Diva Search, but they're not calling it the Diva Search anymore. They're looking for their next, you know, female superstar, and they're doing this sort of like a, a reality show based thing on that. And within that, one of the people that has been cast is Nicole Marie, a transgender North Carolina bodybuilder and independent wrestler, which would make her, if she gets signed, the first. I mean, <clears throat> really, she's the first transgender to work within a WWE product. I might, mm -hmm. I might be wrong on that, but I'm almost certain that's the case. I think it. I can't think of anyone. Can't think of anyone. Yeah, I mean, there might have been someone who's done like, like a, maybe an NXT shot or like mm -hmm. a squash match shot or something like that. So, but maybe this is this is moving forward. Yeah, I think you'd have to take it seriously. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, we yeah. can't like. I think you can barely get away with just regular gay panic. Like you can't now do <laughs> for moving further down the LGBTQ like yeah, yeah. acronym. We, yeah, we can't <laughs> just put panic after yeah. every single one. <laughs> yeah, oh no, it's T panic now. Um, yeah, no, I, I think they would definitely take it seriously. I actually think that we don't give WWE, and we shouldn't really, but we, like, we WWE said they're going to do more LGBTQ plus storylines. Mm -hmm. right? That's what Stephanie McMahon said. We've not seen any of that as of yet. No. However. Sonya Deville is an openly gay wrestler, yeah. but that's never been part of her character. That's never like mentioned on commentary. Oh, mm. by the way, she is gay. Mm. So that to me, that that's kind of, that's good. Like that that is moving forward. Yeah, there's a degree. There's a degree to which I think WWE should just stop doing like things that are based on like people's in sexual interest in other people. Mm. That that yeah. seems to be where they fall down. Like all love angles are by and large terrible yeah so maybe we should just one. we should mm. just drop most of those <laughs> and just go with this person wants to fight this person <laughs> for myriad reasons like yeah. it's fine it, like and that's the thing is like it's fine if someone is gay in the storyline and it happens to be like you know say Candice LeRae in the Johnny Gargano story like someone who's their partner trying to stop them from doing something stupid and if that happens to be you know if if the roles were reversed and it was Johnny in some intergender wrestling world it was mm -hmm. Johnny versus Candice but Johnny was married to Tomasa Champa <laughs> yeah. like that would be fine like, yeah, I'm yeah. Not, but I just don't it shouldn't be the focus of a story it should just be flavor yeah. to the story like it, you know 
I think they're, they're going to be testing the waters with Sonya as well because she's now been uh, cast in Total Divas. Yes. Like, so her and her girlfriend are going to be part of that show now, which I think is like, that's a really big step forward. Yes, that's for a good step. So I think that, that's really awesome. And as I said, like I, I think them not mentioning the fact that she is gay really does kind of like help them as a company to not be like, look how good we are. We've put a gay person on television. Mm. Look how progressive we are. Yeah. So I, yeah, so I and think- then you avoid all the, pit, the pitfalls of having a dinosaur run the company who probably just goes, I don't understand that. Yeah. Like, or dinosaurs we'll, watching we'll, the show being we'll like, turn, what? A gay person? Yeah. No, we'll turn this you. into a weird story. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bryn asked, uh, the reaction slash panic booking we've seen this year with the shoot promos and tweets are starting to smell a lot in the stench of 2000s WCW. I know it's a long way off from those levels of shenaniganry, but it's a slippery slope thoughts. Uh, yeah, it can be a slippery slope. It's um, you don't want to end up doing like Bash at the Beach two thousands, where you have like Jarrett go out and lay down for Hogan because you're doing the story then that Hogan refused to lose, and mm-hmm. Hogan then just puts his foot and then cuts a promise and like this company sucks. I'm like, well, Brent, you're now their champion, like, and you yeah. don't you think they're rubbish? And then Hogan leaves, and Russo comes out and cuts a shoot promo, and then Hogan legit gets annoyed and sues the company and quits. Like it's like it. You don't want to end up like that. Like, no. <laughs> We are far away from that level of nonsense. <laughs> but you don't want to end up there either. No. no. I think you want to keep it as, like, keep your stories as unconvoluted as possible. Yes. We're simple people. Yeah. We're simple people. I just think it's just otherwise it's too much. Yeah. And finally, from Matt, after looking up the Alistair Black theme on Spotify, it was interesting to see the current top 10 tracks by CFO Money based on the popularity on the platform. Where would you place, uh, what would you place as your top three of the CFO Money era? So his top 10 as of the time of writing when he mm-hmm. posted this is uh, AJ Styles, Alistair Black. This is uh, Spotify's top 10, not his own personal. AJ Styles, Alistair Black, Seth Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura, Bobby Roode, The Undisputed Era, Tommaso Ciampa, Sasha Banks, SmackDown, and Johnny Gargano. Wow. I didn't even know that SmackDown was a CFO money theme. Mm. Come on and bang. Is that their one? Is that the SmackDown theme? Yes, that one. That one, yeah. I wouldn't listen to it. Uh, so anyway, he uh, asked. I can't believe uh, Seth Rollins is in there. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> who's listening to that? Like that is. Spreadsheets. I mean, I've got. Um, this is my concentration music. <laughs> I mean, I listen to Slayer. What do I know? Um, like when I'm when I'm working, no less. Uh, so, of those top ten, uh, do you have like a top three, or do you have anything outside of, of to- that? Of those top ten, uh, oh, I mean, Shinsuke Nakamura's theme. So is good. like so good. his original. The original theme, theme is oh, so good. Man, yeah. The uh, the new version is really version, good. Yeah. Uh, someone did a chip tune version that yes. is. Incredible! I love Champa's theme as well. No uh, but Champa's theme is the, is the classic uh, WWE music of "There is only one verse and one chorus." <laughs> but the version on YouTube that I watched the other day to be like, "Oh, how does the rest of the song go?" The rest of the song is the same, <laughs> but it's six minutes long. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm just seeing if there's anything else. Uh, I've just loaded them up onto Spotify. Rising Sun, Shinsuke Nakamura. Keith Lee's new one is great. Yeah, Rebel Heart's brilliant. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, um, Craigie, they've done down. loads of these. I didn't even know Corey Graves had music. I think for when they when the commentators come out I off air, so, don't they? Yeah. Do unto others the forgotten sons. Do unto <laughs> others. Generic. Yeah, it is a bit generic. No one will survive. It's so um, good. Yeah, so from that list, uh, yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura. Bobby Roode's music should have made him, mm. like... I mean, and it did in NXT make him, like, an unbelievable star. Yes. And here on the main roster, it just feels a bit passe. It's so weird. Mm. Like, that song, when that song came out, I, I remember it being, like, leaked online, like, because he did the NXT tapings. Yeah. And someone had recorded it on their phone. And I was around a friend's house, and I was like this song is going to be huge. Mm. Like, when this debuts on TV and when they release this, this is going to be massive. Because it's so, like, bombastic and it's like a big Queen song. It's just, Mm. it's great. I was like, this is going to get him over to a a ridiculous degree. And then they put him on a little uh, Lazy Susan as well. (laughs) Came in, like, suddenly the production values stepped up a notch. (laughs) 
There he goes. Yeah. Uh, Undisputed Era's theme is like one of my personal favorites, though. It's so cool. It's got like a NWO Wolfpack vibes exactly, to me. Yeah. yeah. It's really. Yeah. It's like NWO meets Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot. Plus, you get to go boom. Yeah, I like the fact that that's. Just, I like the fact that that's a thing. I like it when people play off their music, like yeah. the like Finn Balor's entrance with the whole. Well, yeah, but yeah. having something to do in your entrance that's not just you stand there, especially now that there's a lack of pyro as well, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, because totally. everyone used to have the pyro goes off in time with the music and then you do something. Yeah. And now it's just you wait until the drop in the music. That's what I know about Shinsuke Nakamura, in fact, that is he stopped doing the rope bit on the beat. Like, I was like, <laughs> he stopped, like, because he used to do that at the point where it went, Come on, Shinsuke. He used to do it when it was like, <laughs> and it looked really cool. And then he stopped doing that. And started just doing it at random, and then going to the middle of the ring and doing the fall down thing when it went like that. Yeah. I was like, that's so much worse. <laughs> uh, I like wrestlers coming down and singing their theme songs as well. Like EC3, EC3. is very good oh, at like yeah. mouthing along with it. Cassius Ono does it mm. as well of like mouthing along oh, with the lyric no. to your own song. Um, but yeah, I'm, a big shout out to the new Keith Lee song. I think that song is great. Keith does his own singing on it as well. There's one that shouldn't be as high as it. Okay, uh, up, 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 no. up, up, up. Mm. Oh yeah, oh, well, we won't talk about that one. Um, and I, I've got a, I do love, and I feel like there are certain songs. I'm, I'm losing the predictions. I'm, I'm, I think I'm losing Wrestle League. <laughs> Although I was thinking about this this morning. Right. If my hail mary of Charlotte beating Becky is right, right, and and I get the other three right that Ollie has predicted against me. You so Black Ollie. and Ricochet don't win. Mandy Rose doesn't win. And I can't remember what the other one was. I'll actually go above him. Ooh. And then Ollie will be last if he ever shows up again. And I will be first. Still way out ahead in front. Um, but I was thinking like there's songs that will likely get nominated. Mm. I think the Bella Twins will probably get nominated again because that oh, did quite well in the poll last yeah. time. But I think Keith- was on the poll? Uh, I can't remember what else was on the poll now, but I remember that came, I think the Bella Twins came second, but I think songs like um, Lacey Evans' Like a Lady yeah. is going to certainly be up there. Keith Lee's Limitless, I think, is going to be suggested. Well, the NXT UK theme. Oh, I like that It's song. a really good It's, it's really good cool. Theme, but it's probably quite hard to do. Yeah. Um, anyway, right, that's all we've got time for on this show. We could just talk about CFO money or just scroll through and find more tracks to talk about. <laughs> I don't understand how Spotify's uh, most popular thing works. Because if you back up, right? So I think you, it's by listens, is it? But you th- you'd think that, wouldn't you? But then, oh, hang on, if I, I oh. click into it now. This is great for podcasting. Uh, yeah, so number one, phenomenal, 11,000. Oh, oh, right, yeah. But then Root of Evil adds to black and number two, three, like that's three million uh, compared to 11 million. And then at number four is Shinsuke Nakamura's with 10 million. I think that's... How does that work? Is it lifetime, though? Is that the thing? Is it So these are the most listened to this week. Yeah. Uh, and then those are the lifetime listings. So I guess you, so. maybe all three million of those Alistair Black ones happened this week. <laughs> all this week. Yeah. So we haven't discussed 80% facts on a show that you've been a part of no. yet. So 80% facts is something that me and Ollie came up with. When I once told him a fact, right. and then which I fully believed, and then he said to me, is that true? And him saying that made me question it. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and thus the term 80% fact was born. Right. And so me and, my, uh, me and my wife use it all the time of being like, oh, I've got a bit of an 80% fact for you that I've, I've heard, but I've not read up on yet. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether it's fully true or not. I haven't fact-checked. I haven't fact-checked. The idea of 80% facts, though, is that you don't then fact-check them. Like, we don't, we don't fact-check them You just them live here. with that, yeah. We just live with these 80% facts. Uh, like this one, um, oh, no, we did that one. I didn't delete that email. We did that one previously. This is annoying because I'll remember these. And then <laughs> at some point... I'll forget that I learned them here. Mm. So I'll just think it's true yes. and I'll never check it. Yeah. Uh, for example, Mr. Toaster emailed in about uh, the Mandela effect, which we've discussed on this podcast mm-hmm. before, but that's not quite 80% fact worthy. I would say I think that's more, that's more teetering into the conspiracy theory side of things. Um, but uh, Jacob emails in to say um, there was one about sneezing that, like, if you sneeze 17 times in a row, you'll die. What? Because, like, your body just runs out of oxygen. And that was said to whoever emailed in by a science professor. So he does think that might be 100% fact, but he's never fact I think this it. science professor just wanted you to stop sneezing <laughs> in class. It was... 
Uh, but Jacob says, the sneezing fact reminded me of something I had in elementary school and have been trying to do it for 15 years. Do you know it's impossible to sneeze with your eyes open? Because if you do, your eyes will fall out. That is I one have, I've heard. That, I heard yeah. that as well. Yeah. Do you want me to hold your eyes open and tickle <laughs> your nose? Because I told that to my mum once. And she said that, I mean, I don't think my mum believed it. But she said that she, when she's driving... She's trying to keep her eyes open while she's sneezing, because otherwise you've taken your eyes off the road. Mm. And that's slightly dangerous. But I think the, the amount that you close your eyes while sneezing is minimal. Mm. It's, it is a blink at best. Yeah. It's not like a, a prolonged... Like it's not it's not it's not sleep length eye shutting, <laughs> no. is it? It's it's a blink. Yeah, it's micro. Which you're doing anyway. Yeah. Is your mum driving just like, <laughs> like, stare, like orange? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and again, I don't know if that's an eighty percent fact or if that's more urban urban legend type stuff. Mm. Uh, Corey emails in to say the Aztec word for avocado is the same word for testicle, meaning the guacamole literally translates to testicle sauce. Saw this shared by the Uberfax Twitter timeline some time ago, but I've read that it's a misquoted translation from an out of date translation guide from the eighteen nineties. Mm. That is a good eighty percent fact, mate. I like that one a lot. Uh, Dwillen emails in to say Hi Luke, Ollie, Laurie, but certainly not Randy My mum told me this when I was a child But I'm not sure where she heard it from uh, She said that every bottle of coke that you drink Your body takes four bottles of calcium Hang on Your body takes four bottles of calcium Hang on She said <laughs> Sorry. It's the, okay. She said some garbled she, mess She said that for every bottle of cola that you drank Your body took four bottles of calcium From your bones to digest it Love the podcast. Keep up the consistent work. Your body takes calcium out of your bones to digest the coke that's with How it. big are the bottles of calcium as well? There's oh, it's a four pinter, obviously. Four, yeah. That's the like, only... You mean like a four litre bottle? Like four <laughs> yeah. litre bottles. So four litres of cal. If you drink enough coke, do you lose bone mass? You lose all of your bones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that one, man. That's, yeah, because Car- Carmen always said he's, he wasn't fat. He was just big he bone. Very he big drank bone. coke. Yeah. So I yeah. don't know. Like, mm. Maybe. Uh, Harry emails in to say, cartoon, uh, Hello, Luke. Oh, sorry. And definitely not the dastardly Randy Pandy Datsun. I've got some 80% facts for you. The sun it set is actually a mirage. The sun is actually set when the bottom of the sun hits the top of the horizon and the rest is a mirage. A bee's buzz actually comes from its breathing pattern and small holes in the side of its body, and only a small percentage of it comes from its wings. Well, like it's an ocarina. <laughs> <laughs> like a little flying ocarina. <laughs> yeah, this is how you travel through places. Yeah, yeah. That's why they can get that's why, so fast. Yeah, that's it. They're, they're warping between <laughs> owl statues. Uh, that's it for now. I tried to think of a third, but uh, couldn't, so I hope you enjoyed those two. I also, found- what's the sun being a mirage? Yeah. So when it like goes down, it's actually already passed, but you can you're just seeing a mirage of the rest of the sun setting, I guess. But is it like a mirage? Is your eyes taking like it's deceiving you in heat, so like in heat haze in a desert when yeah. you're dehydrated, you take some of the shapes that you see during a state of extreme dehydration mm-hmm. and shimmering horizons as something else. Yes. Usually an oasis or something. A Pizza Hut, yeah. Yeah, a Pizza Hut, yeah. But I'm not seeing a Pizza Hut in the sky. I'm seeing <laughs> the colours of the sun. No. Yeah, so, yeah. So... I'm not sure about that one, but... I it... feel like I feel like also the way that light travels, the sun can disappear beyond the horizon mm. and you can still see the colour of the sun across the sky because, yeah, the, the body of the sun is blocked by the earth, but the light rays emanate out in a sort of diagonal manner I, I imagine know, man. maybe these flat earthers have got a point yeah maybe, maybe that's it uh, Harry does say that he found these out via QI oh okay well maybe, maybe it's but true. then adds but my memory might be off with them so I tell them to everyone without checking yeah, and that is a cl- that's a quintessential 80% it, fact exactly and it that. might be one of the ones that Alan Davis buzzed on and yeah. gets you know it's just all set up for him to buzz on that is a perfect 80% fact oh. I heard it on a TV show that said it was a fact I can't quite remember it but I'm going to repeat what I think I remember I from it I am useless at retaining facts from TV shows uh, yeah. yeah I used to watch like when, when I used to watch University Challenge I was too busy shouting Dante's Inferno as the answer to every question until I got it right <laughs> yeah. to, to actually learn anything from it yeah yeah uh, anyway that is all we've got time for on this show thank you so much for your 80% facts we'll have more of those next week obviously uh, we're going to be back on Monday with the fast lane review baby uh, which will be a lot of fun and then we'll have the Raw and Smackdown reviews that follow on from that as we hit the road to Wrestlemania now that fast block 
is out of the way, I guess. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Take care. Have a good weekend. I love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.